thank you. You know, today as we are celebrating uh, the Pentecost Sunday, uh, and it's, as Paul said, it is the birth of the church. And when we talk about Pentecost, what does it mean? The word Pentecost, it simply means 50. You know, uh, so after Passover on the 50th day, you know, that's where the Israelites, you know, they celebrated. Pentecost is the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. So they bring the first fruits before God and offer it to him and they celebrate thanking God for the harvest. But same time, before this was instituted, the harvest festival or the day of Pentecost, you know, on that same day, after the Passover, on the 50th day, you know, Moses received the Ten Commandments and he came down with the Ten Commandments to the people. Yeah. So it was after the Passover on the 50th day, Moses received the Ten Commandments. But there is an interesting point in this. On that day, when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, he saw the people of Israel had rebelled against God. They made an idol and were worshipping it. And Moses had to rebuke them, rebuke Aaron, and the judgment of God came. And do you know what? On that day, 3,000 people got killed. 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. Uh, of course, it was not celebrated that time, but on the 50th day after Passover, 3,000 people got killed. It says in Exodus 32, verse 28, So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. 3,000 of the men fell that day. Come back to New Testament. What happened on the day of Pentecost? 3,000 people got saved. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen? 3,000 souls were added into the kingdom. You know, it looks like, I mean, such a great, you know, Bible is full of treasure. When you study it, you find so much of truth. So 3,000 people got saved. And, you know, the Bible says, in book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, on the day of Pentecost, you know, it said, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one side upon each one, each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, there is a scripture in Zephaniah 
chapter 3, verse 9. It's a prophecy. It says, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they, may, they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. To serve him with one accord. You know, all the languages of the world, I've been part of uh, GRN, that is Global Recording Network, which has recorded over 6,500 languages of the world with Gospels and Bibles and all those kind of things. You know, one thing I learned was that all the languages of the world has swear word or bad language. All the languages of the world. And here, the prophetic word is, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, a pure language with no bad words, no swear words, a pure language. Why? That they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. I highlighted there one accord. I'll share to you what do I mean by that. You know, here it says in Acts 2, 1 to 4, they were all with one accord in one place. You know, let me share to you from Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. Now here, you know the scripture, you know the story about the power of Babel. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And to cut the story short, they decided to build a tower to reach God or to reach heaven. And it says later in verse 4, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So he says, come Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And this is what happened. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So there is a, with that one language, there is a sense of unity. They all are in one accord. And Lord said, come, let us come, go down, and there confuse their language. Come, let us go down. It speaks about Trinity. That they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. You see how what happened? When they had that one language, they were all in one accord. There was that unity. They were building towards something. But their purpose was wrong. And God had to bring the confusion 
And that's how God had to scatter them everyone. But then when we come to book of Acts, it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And later we see that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, other tongues. So there were languages that were spoken. There were different languages that were spoken. But when you talk about tongues, when you read book of Corinthians and Romans, you will find, you know, it is also an unknown language where no man can understand, only God can understand. And that's why when we come to book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, why that they may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord in unity. You know, when you speak in tongues, that unknown language where no one understands, only God understands. You're making a right prayer unto God. Sometimes there are times when you do not know what to pray for. When you speak in tongues, you're making that right prayer unto God. So that's why it's good to desire. Now let me correct this, you know. This is always spoken about the Pentecostal churches. You know, let me tell you this. Speaking in tongues is not a guarantee for your salvation, okay? So only if you speak in tongues, you know you will go to heaven. That's a wrong doctrine, okay? The gift of tongues or the speaking in tongues is the gift that is given by God for us. Our salvation is when we believe in the perfect work of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, who rose again from the dead and he's coming back again and we believe and receive him as Savior and Lord of our life. Amen? Hope you understand. So here, coming back to the scripture, Zephaniah speaks about one accord. Amen? And here, this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the church was born, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in the tongues. And there was one accord, unity. But also, you know, there was a revelation and purpose. The believers, they gathered in the upper room. They were a bit, of, they were a bit lost. Didn't know what, to, what will happen in the future. You know, and maybe they were a bit gripped with fear because of all that, the event that had happened with the death of Jesus and also the persecution and all those kind of stuff. And they were in a place waiting on God, not knowing what will happen. Some of them fishermen, tax collectors, and maybe in different professions. Now here, the future is going to change. So they received the revelation when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, who denied Jesus three times. When he was asked, were you with Jesus? He denied Jesus three times. That same Peter was not afraid of men, stood before men in Jerusalem and spoke boldly the word of God. And 3,000 people got saved. 
Because Peter received that revelation when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And second is purpose. The church received the purpose from God. That is to be his witness. To go and make disciples of all nations. To plant churches. To preach the gospel boldly. They receive the purpose. I want to tell you, church. Maybe you're living a life where you do not know the purpose of your life. Maybe you're in that place where you, you know, one day I did this kid. You rise up, you get up, eat food, work, and go to sleep. And your day-to-day -day routine happens every day, daily, and one day we die. That's not what God has called you for. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And he wants to see that purpose and plan to be fulfilled in your life. And he has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us the Holy Spirit. You know, what we have, many of us, maybe not you, but I know there are people who have wasted their life being entangled with the things of the world and sin. They have wasted their life. You know, the scripture says in Psalm 106 verse 43, many times he delivered them that is, God delivered the people of Israel, but they were bent on rebellion and they wasted away in their sin. It says they wasted away in their sin. Today, this morning, if you're struggling with any kind of sin in your life, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Romans 8 says, through the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the flesh. Holy Spirit empowers us. Holy Spirit gives us the strength. You know, there is that spirit of waste. Spirit of waste. You know, the scripture says in Luke 15 verse 13 about the prodigal son or the lost son. It says that not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and that there wasted his possession with prodigal living. This was the son who had no purpose in his life. Whatever his father gave the money, he wasted it. There is that spirit of waste, of wastedness among the believers, and we need to come before God and ask, Lord, fill me with your holiness. Show me your purpose. Show me your plan. Lord, I don't want to waste my life. But I want to do your will. That's what Jesus said. My purpose is the will of my son. Acts 1, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
to the end of the earth. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes? What does it say in the scripture? What will you receive when the Holy Spirit comes? Power. Power. Amen. Do you know? Do you know what God has given you? Many times we can live a Christian life being blinded with the truth of God's word. Once we know what God has given us, once we know the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, your life will not be the same. Your life will not be the same. And the lastly, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, in verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and of rushing wind, mighty wind. Suddenly. It says, it suddenly happened. I believe, and I'm waiting on God. Yes, God is doing great things amongst us. God has brought people from different places. God is working in the lives of people. We hear the testimonies of people, how God has worked, how God has answered prayer, you know, all those kind of things. But I believe that there will be a day that will come when suddenly the Holy Spirit will move amongst us in power. You know, things will not be the same. Amen? Things will change. And some of your lives, I believe, will transform and change. You will be on fire for God and being a witness for God. Amen? And this will happen suddenly. Suddenly. And this word suddenly I found in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 36. This is the time of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was bringing that reformation. He was doing a lot of changes. And there was like a revival over there. And it says, then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. So what, what happened over there? God had prepared people, it says. God had prepared people and the events took place so suddenly. God is preparing us but how much passionate are we for God? You know last Sunday I believe Pam shared about that woman who suffered for 12 years bleeding and about Zacchaeus. This woman she persisted she just pushed through the crowd. She was so desperate to touch the hem of Jesus' garment to receive her healing. And because she was persistent, she received her healing. Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, a known man, you know, probably the most days of his tax collectors were not respected, but he was a rich man. But he did not care, he did not bother, he wanted to have the glimpse of Jesus and he climbed up the tree to have that glimpse of Jesus. He did not think about his reputation, he was persistent to have the glimpse of Jesus. 
How much desperate are you for God? God is preparing us. In the times of Hezekiah, God had prepared them. Do you want to be part of that preparation that God is doing? And when you are, God will move suddenly by the power of his Holy Spirit and great things will happen. Amen? So God, he gave revelation, he gave them purpose. Let this be your prayer this morning. Lord, I want to have the revelation of you and show me your purpose. Show me your purpose that I will do your will. Amen?